Welcome to episode 65 of The Photo Show, sponsored by the School of Visual Arts, MFA, photo, video, and related media program chaired by Charles Traub. And of course, just as I start recording this, the garbage truck is coming down the block. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm going to keep going. Today's intro might be a little bit short because I'm trying to get out the door to get to APAD, which is happening now in Manhattan. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully, if all goes well, record with Gordon Statinius of Candela Books and Gallery, uh, which you might be aware of from their invitationals, their open show calls called Unbound. And if you're not aware of them, check them out at candelabooks.com with one L. And they are doing some great work down there in Richmond, Virginia. And so fingers crossed that everything works out and I get to record with him today. So let me give you an update from the JKC Gallery. Tony Torinas' show, Fighting Cox, came down yesterday. And if you've been listening to the previous few uh, intros, you know that there were some protests from animal rights activists. And we were prepared to have them protest outside or inside the reception, for that matter. Uh, but because of the snow day that we had, and I had to move the reception to the next day, I don't think they knew about it. <laughs> um, and... You know, Tony's flight got grounded in Miami, so he Skyped in, and it was a, a lovely reception. Uh, and I had Tony on a nice big monitor, so he was uh, larger than life, and we had a great discussion. So, um, sorry, protesters, uh, maybe next time? Anyway, the next show is Nico J. Kalyanyotis, and he will be showing his work, America in a Trance. If you're not familiar with that work, it will be linked on the photoshow.org website, so you won't have to figure out how to spell Kalyanyotis, which is a lovely name, but does take a while to uh, punch out on the keyboard. Also, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets because I think Nico put this on his social media, but he may have his book with him, America in a Trance, so we may also have a book signing, and that is a book that he put together with the help of Yoav Friedlander, who you got to know from episode 49 with Dana Sterling. And that was the episode where we talked about Float Magazine. All right. Well, today's guest is Andreana Seymour. And you might know her work from her book, Scars and Stripes, The Culture of Modern Roller Derby. And if you don't, you will after this episode. Also, I, of course, I have all the links on the show page. Andreana asked me to let you know that she's involved in an exhibition called Reimagining the Four Freedoms. And The Four Freedoms, for those of you who don't know, was a, a speech given by Franklin Delano Roosevelt before our entry into World War II. And it involved uh, re-emphasizing the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and freedom of worship. But it also called for freedom from want, uh, a call to economic security, and a freedom from fear, a call against national aggressions. So it was pretty revolutionary because it went beyond the traditional constitutional amendments to a broader idea of human rights and security. So let me just read from the text that Andreana sent me. Enduring Ideals, Rockwell, Roosevelt, and the Four Freedoms premieres at the New York Historical Society in New York City on May 25, 2018, with Reimagining the Four Freedoms on view across Central Park at Roosevelt House Public Policy Institute at Hunter College. Now, there's a list of venues and dates that follow that. But if I read the rest of those to you, you're going to forget the first date and venue. Let me just say that it will be going to Michigan, D.C., Texas, and Massachusetts. So if those venues interest you, I would say check out Andreana.com for those future dates. All right. So Andreana and I had a fantastic conversation about her work and how she discovered roller derby and the hazards of wet plate photography at a nudist colony and so much more. So enjoy the show, everyone, and we'll talk soon. gallery here they call it oh they call it the big room the big okay. room at school of visual arts i was amazed because when you and i were here at the school of visual arts this was uh garbage storage and i don't even know if you 
had access to it. I had access to it because I used to work in the cage, what they called the cage oh, then. The ca- the oh, you worked room. in the cage. So you know who, so you, I'm sure that the person who worked in the cage was the same. John DeLuca was, yes, ran John, it. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> and who was, um, who was the, the blonde guy? Was he Was here? he still here? He was still here, <gasps> yes. Jeff? Jeff, yes, Jeff. I don't remember Jeff's last name. Sorry, Jeff. I don't Sorry, remember Jeff, either. I don't remember listener. either. But I know that he was a biker. Jeff was a biker. He was a large format photographer. Yes. He used to, I, what I remember of Jeff was he was always toning his prints. He was always like sepia toning or a palladium, to platinum palladium. I mean, uh, uh, not platinum, but uh, um, blue Sienna, tone. Sienna, Sienna, t- no, selenium. So, selenium, okay, selenium that's it. Selenium toning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jeff funny. was still here. Yeah, he was still Holy here. Cow. They were great. I remember just doing like overnights here, like all that's, the time. Well, that's, so you may have seen, so the reason why I had access to this space is because I had keys to everything. And I used to run, be able to run the freight elevator myself. Oh, okay. Which is the old hand-driven yep. brass elevator. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know what? This would be a great space one day. They should totally make this and, into a space. And Charles Traub apparently wanted to do that for a long time, but it, it took him a while. He did it. I mean, this the big room down here is great. And that, that is where... I hosted uh, Martin Bell to show to Screen Tiny and all. Oh, so, great. and we have future future shows hopefully coming up. Oh, it's so this is so great! I love it. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad that I saw what you were doing, and I just think it was really great. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very lucky that they uh, sponsor the show and let me use this space and all. So, very appreciative. <laughs> but you, so you graduated here uh, in '97. Yes. And then uh, I I was you know doing I do a little research. I try not to do too much research because I don't want this. I don't want this to be like a, I'm going to ask you 20 questions yeah. kind of interview. Kind of. <laughs> I want you to, you know, have a, I want to have a conversation. So, but, but then you, I, I did read that you, you went to work for Rizzoli Press right after, which. Well, actually I have to say how I got that gig was actually through SVA, through the uh, job placement board, I guess. Nice. I, I think that's what they would call it. I don't know what it was called, but, yeah. um, and there was a posting that said, you know, I don't even know if it was like looking for photographers. Honestly, <laughs> I look back how I started and I don't even know half the time how I got um, (laughs) jobs. But anyway, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to totally call them. And I did. And I was shooting so much for them. I was doing 10 to 20 page spreads in their um, magazines for fashion. Wow. I would would never consider myself to be a fashion photographer. But what they liked was my style of this, you know, renegade, just go into a situation and convince people to do something. And then by the time they realized what they've done, I was out and moved on to something else. It was too late. <laughs> like, did I just wear that $10,000 dress? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Nice. So, yeah, super, you know, super lucky. But I was also part of the mentor show. And I think being a part of that mentor show really helped me getting jobs mm-hmm. you know alex Kahlo was my mentor uh from fortune you know she was great and so we didn't have mentors back when i was here it was pretty awesome but i know now the show is really killer i've been to a couple of shows and yep. i'm super impressed and I'm like wow i was like oh god this is my competition oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's right exactly yeah one of my uh former students was just in the mentor show Haley monek hi Haley. yeah it's a great show that Stephen Fraley puts on. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Stephen was one of my uh, critique instructors when I was here my last year, my fourth year at SVA. So he's awesome. Was Alice Beck or Alice Beck Odette yeah, still she, running well, the she program was, then? She was there from my first to third year. Mm-hmm. And then I think she that's when she retired. And she was also my first, she was my, I don't know, a freshman year photo. I don't even know what that class was, but... <laughs> She like, was great too. Fr- like black and white photo one? Yeah, it was one? black and white photo one. Wow. Yeah, so she was my instructor for black and white photo one. And I still remember what my assignment was. And it was <laughs> going to the TWA airport when you were allowed to photograph in airports. And I would spend just like days at the airport just photographing people in the space in that, in that <laughs> wow. airport. Yeah, it was great. I still remember one of my first photo one assignments, which was to go to the... Mets had won the World Series in 1986 or seven. I can't remember, but uh, we we were all supposed to go to the parade and photograph, and it was such a a sea of people that I got stuck going in the wrong direction. Oh, no. And all I remember is holding onto my camera bag strap and not seeing the camera bag. Oh, it no. was just like being pulled away from me, <laughs> and I just had to go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I guess I'm going this way. Yes, exactly. I never experienced anything like that. But but were you still then shooting film for Rizzoli when you started? Yeah, I was shooting film. So at one point I was doing film 
and digital. And so I remember my first assignment that I shot. Actually, this is maybe a bad story, but um, my first assignment that I shot for for a job, uh, which was digital, and it was for Fortune, and it was up in Boston. And right, can you do digital? Sure, I could do digital, but <laughs> I didn't know that you had to format a card a certain way and so I photographed this guy on the pier in Boston I don't remember it was some financial guy and I come back to the hotel room and I'm like where are the photos so my assistant (gasps) didn't reformat the card properly so there's no pictures so I had to call the guy up like um listen you were great except that (laughs) I just want to get a little bit more is that okay I did not tell him like we totally messed up and (laughs) I have to do this at least you didn't put on him listen you were terrible yeah I need you to come back right you know I was looking at the pictures and I'm realizing like this angle of you is much better than than what I had so I just want to do a little bit more is that okay oh my god that was the worst but anyway so we've all had I think I we've learned, all had those experiences. I learned my yeah. lesson. What did I shoot once? Oh, I was I was doing uh, com- product work for a, a dentist's office, and they kept piling, the, making the job bigger and bigger as I went. I didn't know enough how to renegotiate or anything like that. <laughs> and I, I, I think at one point I did all this product photography, and I had got the film process, and it was all horrible and out of focus. Everything, everything was wrong about it because I was just uh, exhausted and overworked. And I remember going back in and saying, you know... Uh, I can take all the products to school and rephotograph them there because I think I can do the lighting better and all. And oh, yeah, so it's, it's a terrible feeling when that it stuff is really, out. really horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I think photographers become a little bit manic and like totally stressed out when when you're doing a job and make sure you have three cameras and then yeah. extra lights and <laughs> uh, you know bring whatever extra coffee, bring every extra thing. You know, just having exactly. making sure that everyone is uh, covering your all of your bases when you're doing a job. <laughs> So, but then you went on to get your master's in social sciences and urban affairs from Queens College. Yes. What uh, brought you to that? Well, what brought me to that was, you know, I was deciding, should I go back and get a degree, you know, another degree in photography? And, and I was like, no, you know, I, I, I really want to focus in on, on learning something else, right? How can I, how can my photography become better? And I was really interested in um, social movements, really interested in um, workers' rights, uh, really interested in, and at the time, you know, communities, like what makes people form communities, what makes people kind of stick together. And um, and I thought that that was a good choice for me. I mean, I looked at other uh, master programs, but what I really liked about Queens College was, A, it was affordable, number one. <laughs> but number two, I was looking at the professors, and every professor that I was interested in classes, they were part of the civil rights movement. They were part of, like, really big change in terms of uh, strides in social movements, and especially, you know, within the city, um, you know, nationally. And I just thought that was amazing. And so um, I didn't feel from what I was researching that the other places that I was looking at had the same um, direct contact with the people that I admired. So that was my choice for going there. And then I also had to get a car because <laughs> it's in Queens. <laughs> um, and were, were you living out on Long Island? No, I was time? living in Brooklyn. Oh, so, okay. you know, from Williamsburg, Brooklyn to Queens is no direct route except for the Long Island BQE to LA. Oh, no. I, yeah, I used to... So I taught at LaGuardia and I had to drive. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay. I guess this is what rush hour traffic is like. (laughs) It sucks. Yes. That's right. I was living in Greenpoint. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so what that sounds like a degree that overlaps with kind of other ideas. Yeah. um, Like the like the history of urban planning, Mm -hmm. urban planning, maybe a little social work. in there. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I I, um, you know, I was also I was really. You know, I liked education. Not that I liked education, but I, I actually did not like education. I liked the pedagogy of education and 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 the 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 heart of, of the purpose of education, but I felt that what I was seeing wasn't what I believed in. And so I really wanted to study it and ask myself, well, why is it that I got this kind of education, you know, in a public school scenario? Like what was their objective, you know, for students? And I realized that I was so angry because I disagreed with what their objective was. And so I wanted to understand why. So I was really able to dabble in all areas that I have had interest in, which was education, which was urban planning, which was, um, I took this amazing class called um, the Sex Workers' Right Movement, which is about, you know, 
legalizing, you know, prostitution. And, you know, all the classes were really empowering. Also, I, I developed a, with a, um, one of my professors a really amazing program working with uh, Latino students from underperforming high schools. Was this the LAMP yeah, program? Yeah, this is the LAMP program. And, you know, I actually really kind of wanted to take a break from photography. That was also one of my goals was just to kind of reassess and, and just not stand behind a camera. And then it came back to me in some form and... You know, so I was like, this is this is interesting. And uh, and that was probably one of the most empowering programs that I've ever done and ever been a part of, because literally it was like, let's roll our sleeves up and let's do something positive. And it was completely hands on. And, and that was using photography to promote STEM and, and to sort of reinforce and teach STEM ideas, right? Yeah. So. I worked with other graduate students um, that were studying to be math teachers, that were studying to be literacy teachers. And I, you know, through my professor, Lillian Mankata Davidson, we, I guess we put an announcement out in, through Queens College and said, hey, this is what we're doing. If you want to be involved, you know, contact me. And we just came up with a really strong team of people. Um, and it was really a collaborative effort. So they would come to me and say, hey, this is what students have to learn in their literacy skills, or especially, you know, students who, you know, were coming in undocumented, and they didn't have, you know, the language skills. So how can we help them become better students? And so I would take their material and I say, okay, well, let's be creative. Let's do project about the self. Let's do, you know, a project about family. Let's do a project about community. And how can we incorporate these, these, uh, visual uh, photography lesson plans and put it into like a mathematical skill or put it into like a literacy skill. And it was great. I mean, I literally started with one student in a high school and they did not, you know, the school system did not either support a program or there's like, oh, that's nice. And they put us <laughs> literally in a closet. Where were you? We were at John Bowen High School in Queens and with one student. And then that one student, I guess, was like, this program's really awesome. Told and by the, friends. Yeah, by the time we <laughs> left, we had two we had two groups and each group had 20 students in it. Wow. And it, then we moved over to Queens College and it was an all day Saturday afternoon from nine in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon. And it was so it was so cool. It was so great to be a part of that. Were you still a, a student while you were doing that? Or well, is this after? Yeah, so, I, this, so this is what I worked on uh, while I was working on my master's degree. So this is my quote unquote project that I ended up getting a an award, the something Hochbrechner. You know, okay. I, I have to check out my website. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, award for, for, for being a part of this um, development of the program. And and then the, then the year after I graduated and then that one year I wasn't a student. So, so the grant was technically for two years, but it was through the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. And so it was so successful that they decided to extend the grant. And when they extended the grant, yes, at that point, I already graduated. Okay. And then, then you went to El Salvador? Yeah. And then uh, I went to El Salvador. So then through that program, uh, Lillian and Helen uh, applied for a grant. It was, a, I believe it was a Swedish grant. I'm not sure who, pardon <laughs> me, I don't know who gave us a grant. But then that brought me to San Salvador and we worked with a school there. And also we worked with, uh, she's a part of uh, Montessori, developing Montessori. And so we worked with women who have a Montessori school and they also are self-efficient uh, where they make their own baked goods and they sell it hmm, there. Wow. So I worked with their uh, little, their kids while they were working. And and, and was it still photography still when you photography. went there? Okay, yep, yeah. everything was photography. Do you know what's become of that program or what's happening? I don't, but you know what? I, Lillian uh, Mankata Davidson, she, I, I recently looked, oh, the uh, Lillian, no, Helen Rothschild Foundation. The, I think it's called the Helen Rothschild Foundation. I recently went on that site and they still mention the program, but unfortunately, you know, it's funding. It's, yes. you know, that's yeah. the thing, you know, there's no funding, no program, so. Right, I mean, I think, the, I think what you hope is that it's no longer a separate project, but it's just integrated into curriculum. Yeah, right? and I and I yeah. think I mean I think I sh I should say I hope <laughs> that in today's you know educational platform that 
it is. I think things are more integrated because look, visual and media is so a part of our lives that you have to be, you know, you have to have visual literacy skills, right? right. If you don't have visual literacy skills, you are not going to be able to survive in this world. I mean, we started look, talking Donald Trump about does not have visual, does not <laughs> right. have liter- you know, doesn't have skills. Maybe he should have taken this, uh, you know, taking a class on how to use social media properly. But. You know, yeah, we started talking about visual literacy before social media, now it couldn't be more important. It's so important. It's so important. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I teach a business class. And so, you know, I didn't realize how important it is when I when I would start to get emails from students with like emojis and say, hey, what's <laughs> up, LOL. Uh, so I'm not going to be in class right. with like a sick face and like an ambulance. I'm like, listen, I am not your friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who you think you're sending yeah. this email to. Yeah, yeah. And as a, I thought it would just be a great parody if I just started to like send those kind of emails to my photo editors. Like, right. hey, what's right, up? Right. <laughs> camera, camera. Like, yeah, wavy <laughs> right. sign. <laughs> Like definitely what not to do. Right. And sometimes I feel like, I was like, am I on TV? Is someone recording me? Like, right. is this really happening? What's going on? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I actually encourage my students to text me because it's the best way to keep in touch with them and yeah. all. But yeah, it is funny how casual the, even, you know, emails now are and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's different levels of things, right? So don't right. get me wrong. There's always a place for everything, but when you first make that initial contact, I am not sending emojis yes. to somebody. Or or just, hey, I won't be in class today. You're like, who, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? What are, <laughs> right. okay, okay, fine. Which class? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, can you tell me what I missed? Yeah. I no, love that. It's like, can I tell you? No, I can't because I have right. about 70 other yeah. students, so. Or, or did I miss anything when they, you know. Like, oh, you miss a lot. Like, no, nothing. Yeah, we just sat around, <laughs> chatted. <laughs> hang out you know anyway so um you did you you've already mentioned this idea of community and i think i think this um i don't know if it's a social concern social justice idea it does permeate your work which we will talk about the different projects that you have i think you call them stories yeah i call them stories why do I come? Sort of, I think maybe because I was meeting some photo editors. And like, oh, okay, yeah. Great. It's I'm actually like, okay. I like it. I like I like the way you do. You know, I, project is such a it's yeah. a clunky word. I like stories. Well, so yeah. he, this is actually a really funny story. So back when I was I graduated, but I was living in Williamsburg. I was working at this bar called Teddy's Bar and Grill in Williamsburg. Oh, I love Teddy's. I used to get the spinach salad there uh, all the time. You know what? I, you probably came in when I was there. <laughs> yeah. So I um so so it was one um, New Year's Eve, and for some reason I wasn't working, but they had a psychic there, and so the psychic was sitting next to our table and the psychic said uh you know my my boyfriend at the time was like you know i secretly went to the psychic and i paid her 50 bucks and she was okay first off this guy isn't for you and i was like what it's like i just wasted my 50 dollars and then she said well you know you actually you're not a photographer you're a storyteller uh-huh. and i was like oh my god i totally wasted money so i went back to the table and my boyfriend's like so did you pay your money i was like no and to short story long story short he's no longer my boyfriend and i guess i'm telling stories so i guess right. that 50 it was true <laughs> i was like it you was were right all true it was all true <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, the, um, you know, that, so that idea of the, the, the idea of community and, and your, the, the social justice, uh, where do you think that came from? I mean, ending up going for your master's degree, right? Uh, uh, the way you did, do you, does that come from, you know, your upbringing? Your... Well, I think there's a, a lot of factors that come mm-hmm. into play. So let's start with upbringing. I would say, yes, my mom was a paralegal. She, always, you know, she, I remember going to her offices and she helped, you know, people who, you know, were getting evicted from their places. This was out on Long Island? This is out on Long Island. Yeah, she was, I remember she worked in Bayshore. That's, I don't know where. So... So that was number one. Uh, number two, at the time, you know, I was doing a lot of editorial work, right? So, which is great, except that I felt like the work wasn't really going anywhere. I was like, okay, so I photographed the CEO. Okay, who cares, right? And I just felt <laughs> like who, who, I mean, not to be, you know, negative, right? Mm-hmm. But I just felt from my personal work, I felt like, well, I don't think I'm really supposed to be here on this planet just to photograph CEOs. Yes, it pays the bills, and I'm very lucky to do that. But I really wanted my work to to say kind of who I am and, and, and project what I'm seeing out there. So I think that's why I decided to educate myself in other areas. And so it is a little bit of both. You know, it's just life. You know, you kind of everything converges to a point, And then you kind of say, okay, well, what do I do? Do I do this? Do I make a left? Do I make a right? Do I go straight? You know, and you just kind of follow that, that path. And so 
you know, and also too, I think that I also had a really crappy education, you know, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and I was angry. You mean your public school education? Yeah, I was or, angry yeah. because I felt, you know, I grew up in a in a very, you know, elitist community in the Hamptons, but yet they trained us to be, you know, menial workers. Was I that felt out in East Hampton. Out in or? out in Hampton Base. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. So I felt like they weren't like teaching us to be the CEOs or the leaders or the, you know, the the women, you know, to to lead their own businesses. It was, you know, I felt like it was Hey, you know, you could be a landscaper and you could be a waitress, and I think there's awesome. I think that's great. I think that that that's all wonderful. Important all of important work. <laughs> right, right. But there's something about you know not pushing people. Oh enough yeah, and not when really, you're in school. Yeah, you should be you're reaching. Very you should be high. reaching very high. And yeah, I just yeah. felt like the bar was always set kind of low, and I just felt that that was something that I wanted to you know learn or something and just reflect on why that is. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into also. You know, sports, right? I lo- I played basketball as a kid, well, in high school. And I stopped playing basketball my senior year because I said, well, what am I going to do with this? I can't be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, you know, make money playing basketball. You know, yeah, I, I could maybe go to college and get, you know, a, you know, somewhat of a scholarship, but what am I going to do after that? So, you know, and so for me, I think sports was one of my directions I decided to go into because, you know, that's just a horrible thing to think about, especially being a female saying, oh, well, I'm going to stop doing it because what's out there for me. Right. So I really wanted to kind of tackle, you know, women being empowered by physical fitness and being empowered by sports. And what led me into that was, you know, discovering roller derby is yeah. really what happened. <laughs> yeah. What did your father do? So so my I call my father the pirate because he's literally a pirate. But um, so my father um, is a sea captain. He, what? he Yeah. Did, oh. Uh, charter boats? No, he, ah. so big, um, well, he, I would say he would do a little bit of everything. So big, um, rigs that help, um, like if there's oil leaks out in the ocean. Oh. So he would go out and kind of drive these big giant boats. But then also when I was a kid, you know, my, my father had like nine kids at one point we would go out, he would be in Tahoe. And so he would be the captain of the Tahoe queen. So my dad was always a captain. Wait, your father... Was was one of nine kids? No, or? he had at one point so do like you, nine kids. Do you have oh, I'm, uh, half siblings? Or? Yeah, when I say my yeah. dad's a pirate, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. My dad's literally a pirate. Um, <laughs> like kids all over the place. So, you know, it was like the, uh, this dysfunctional uh-huh. modern day Brady Bunch. So he would be, you know, he was married a few times. And that also goes into play with my pictures. Like I love chaos. The only thing I know is chaos. So uh-huh. if it's quiet, I'm like, why is it quiet? What's going on? So um, What's about to happen? Yeah, what's about to happen? So, you know, my dad would like you know take us all camping and 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 like 12 kids and the you know was, not 12 was kids, he but gone nine of us. for lar- long stretches of time then? yeah so he would be in he would be on you know two weeks on two weeks off but when he was in tahoe it was more of a nine to five type type gig um right there's no ocean yeah so so you know he would do the tahoe queen but he lived in california my mom my sister and i lived with my mom out in long island out in the hamptons and so so yeah, it was always chaotic going out there. You just never knew what was gonna what was gonna happen. It's still still, still like that. Still, yeah. So my dad now decided to sell everything, and he bought an old, n- not a regular RV. Okay, it's a when celebrities or rock stars would go on tour. Oh, those the big, big giant tour buses. Provost, yeah, B- no, like a two million dollar bus. Holy cow! That he decides to take from California to Florida. Okay, the thing in gas costs three thousand dollars <laughs> just in gas alone, just to drive from like half the country. So he's he's an, an entertaining guy to say the least. So. Yeah, but but what is he doing with that bus? Just traveling or he's living literally out of in it? Florida, going to campgrounds and just like a lot of retired people is just selling everything and just living on the road. Oh. No longer married. No, well, no, he's no longer married. Yeah, he is dating someone um, from the West Side Story. You know, the leading role, very vivacious. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. So, right. uh, <laughs> but she's you know both of them together. Well, yeah. Let's just say it's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I, let's just say that might be my next project. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it could be. Is your mother still on Long Island? Yeah, my mom's still out in Long right, Island. Right. Yep, okay. yep. So my sister and my mom, uh, you know, still live out out east, out in the Hamptons. Okay. So, <laughs> but how long were they together, raising you together? Together. Well, so this is my joke, right? So I say that they were married for three years, but they were probably together for a year. Enough oh, time to have okay. myself and my, right. <laughs> my sister. <laughs> so but you, you know, it's it's. You were primarily raised by your mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah, by yeah, my mom. Yeah. So so. Like literally, my mom would send me to a, a pirate. 
Oh. You know, you have like this grooming and you're very, you know, you you speak very properly and, you know, and you just behave a certain way. And then it's going to California like, oh, I'm a wolf. Wee! <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I in terms of I could see in my photos why my photos are the way they are. It's just because of, you know, yeah. probably the way that I grew up. Well, the kind of the, the big the big break and the, the, the project, that, the story that got you a book mm-hmm. is Roller Derby. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, I think I, I watched a, um, a video presentation you did um, where you said you, the project started when you almost ran someone over. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is totally, that's actually completely 100% true. So I, I told you, I worked at Teddy's Barn Grill back in the day. Um, actually, that helped me pay for SVA. <laughs> oh, we, should, we should say the name of the book, Scars and Stripes, The Culture of Modern Roller Derby, published by Schiffer Books. Still uh, available? Still available. Nice. Yes, yeah, still available. So I, when I was going to SVA, I, I worked at Teddy's Bar and Grill, as I said. And so there was a bartender there, uh, John Phillips, right? And so he uh, is still dating Shannon. And so I no longer worked at Teddy's, but, you know, I keep in contact with people from the neighborhood. And um I was driving my red uh, Grand Am, right, down Wythe Avenue. And I see this woman cross the street. And, of course, I'm, like, singing along, wee, you know. And and uh, she's carrying a suitcase. And I remember, like, she gave me this look, like, slow down. And then I was like, oh, Shannon. She goes, oh. And I rolled down the window. I waved, like, oh, hey, what's going on? She goes, how you doing? I was like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, oh, well, I'm going to roller derby. I'm like, roller derby? I was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, I got to photograph that. <laughs> and that's basically what happened <laughs> in a nutshell. So so then how did that unfold? So how did that unfold? So I just kind of embedded myself in with um, the Gotham Girls roller derby. Um, it was a little bit difficult in the beginning to photograph the New York City League because, you know, look, it's a little wary. At the time, no one was really photographing them. Like no one was. So photographers coming. I mean, they would do the, you know, kitschy stuff mm-hmm. right and I just didn't really want to do that that wasn't my objective so so I started with them and I realized it was a little bit challenging for me to photograph that organization but it was really easy for me to photograph other organizations and I started to travel all over the country and started photographing different leagues and while I was on assignments I would do my assignment but then I might say an extra day and then I would meet up with another league and you know I was pitching it I was constantly pitching it. So I ended up pitching it to, you know, the Times and, you know, a lot of my other contacts I thought would, would pick it up. Um, and actually the Times did end up picking up the men's side of, of, of Derby. So the, time, the New York Times, you know, especially the magazine has always been super amazing and awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And they're always open to uh, looking at, you know, my new projects and, and new work. And Yeah, so, that's so great. great. Yeah, so, so that's really what happened. I just started to travel the country and just photograph you know roller derby but you know you kind of can't be an outsider in derby they're really a little bit you know again wary so i it's almost there's almost this kind of biker gang yeah kind of like, it's right? definitely like yeah. you know like greece you know like the pink mm-hmm. ladies you know for sure you know um and so i said okay well i guess i'll do roller derby too then and so then i ended up joining myself and it just gave me a lot more access <laughs> that's really you know not that i did it to get access it was right. both i enjoyed it and i was able to get access and how were you at it <laughs> well i thought i was pretty good <laughs> but you know i actually i retired and i ref no so i ref oh you ref yeah i ref oh, that's so, great. I, so i ref for, for here i am back full circle yeah I'm with gotham girls um here in new york city and i ref for them and to get myself back in the shape, I also do rec league, which mm-hmm. is more of like fun, great exercise, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> just just skate. So, you know, you talked about leaving sports in high school because mm-hmm. you didn't see an avenue. Yep. And then you, you, you photograph roller derby and you photograph two football leagues. Yep. And there's one other. What am I missing? Wrestling. Wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you see the connection there? Like, totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and... uh. And I just, I just think it's great. I really think it's really amazing. And I wish I wasn't so negative back in, back when I was young. You know, I wish there was more, you know, options. You know, and I think that the young girls coming up now, there's so much, you know, there's so much choice, and it's so empowering. And especially for, for, I mean, I know particularly sports that I photograph. So I'm only speaking for what I, what I photographed. So roller derby, football, 
um, and we should mention these, it's all women's leagues. It's all women's leagues. Yeah, yes, all yes, women's yes. leagues. Yeah, all yeah. women's leagues. And there's such a sense of empowerment, right? And so, and that's what I love about all the work, right? So one thing that that women tell me, especially if I, you know, I, I talk to everybody, right? And so one thing that they tell me is that, oh well, you know, I felt like you know I didn't feel good about myself and. And now I, you know, have joined football and have such like close friends and they really lift me up. And now I feel so much empowered. I feel, you know, that I could, you know, ask for, I remember talking to someone like, oh, I could, I could actually ask my boss for a raise. And, you know, all these things that they couldn't do before they were in a group of, you know, like-minded women and women that really helped each other up. And let me tell you, you know, Gotham Girls, they're a powerhouse. I mean, they're a um, non-for-profit organization, but they run that like any top mm. organization and you know people who join the league they don't know how to run but you learn how to do it like what what place can give you the opportunity to do things like that right, right. and i think it's so important to have places and organizations like this you know especially for women and young girls and and there's a great junior derby league and what are they teaching them how to be empowered right, right? right. so it's super important yeah i i think um one of the things your photographs show is your embracing the qualities that these women have that they're often criticized for. Exactly. Aggressiveness, not having a certain body type, uh, all those things, yep, right? And, exactly. and especially in the comparison you make with the Legends football versus the Gridiron mm -hmm. football, yep. right? You want to uh, talk about those two uh, stories? Yeah, so um, how I got involved with with that project was uh, uh, Clinton, uh, Cargill from uh, Bloomberg Business Week, actually. So I was assigned uh, that story through B Bloomberg Business Week, right? And they said, oh, we're doing the story about lingerie football. I was like, lingerie football? I had no I was like, what is that? So I flew out to Chicago and, and photographed that. And I said, oh, my God, this is great. But at the time, I was working on roller derby. And so I didn't really want to just take on something else. So I was like, let me finish this project and let me keep this in the back burner. And so that's what happened. I kept it in the back burner. I kind of kept my my eyes on what was going on over there. So Legends, uh, sorry, Lingerie Football League is a very, I think, offensive like <laughs> way of <laughs> So they changed it to Legends, which, okay. Uh -huh. So instead of, so it was LFL. So mm -hmm. they didn't have to change the abbreviations. So now right. they called it Legends. So came back and I, they knew uh, the the owner of, of the organization. He re remembered me, so I reached out to their um, contact, and and they're like, great. So for one year, I again I photographed the Legends Football League, and then at the same time, again everything happens to me the most weird ways. Right? I was just talking to someone from roller derby. And then I heard her say, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I also do football. And I go, you do football? I, like, just turned my head. I was like, wow, what kind of football? And then I discovered there was a football league here in New York City called um, New York Sharks. So then I researched that, and I realized, oh, there's football leagues for women all over the country. It's not a huge league, but right, it's, right. you know, it's a league. And I don't think it's well known. No, no. it's not well known. So no. then I... So then I became a part of that. So now I'm doing these two things, not realizing that there's tension between these two leagues. Now, from Legends to Gridiron, there really, you know, there, there really isn't. But the Gridiron to Legends, there is. And so, look, here's the deal, right? People pay about 35 bucks, to anywhere between 20 and 35 bucks to see women in their underwear hit each other, okay, in big stadiums. And here I go to see the Sharks, and it costs five bucks in a field out in Aviator that you know, they're lucky if they can buy their own gear and their own pads. And, and so, you know, look, you know, we live in a society of like what sells, right? It's right. still sex sells. And so, so I, you know, I could see that and, yeah. and I could see that. And I just thought that that dynamic was very interesting. And you even mentioned that they, they recruit the same person. Yes. Right? So, I, so here's another, so I went to Australia and I thought, okay, when I go to Australia, cause at the time legends tried to go over to Australia to that market and that market said, uh-uh, you're out. Within like a year, people were not having it. Wow. So, but while I was there, the some of the league members from Legends was over there. So I said, oh, can I photograph you guys? So I photographed this woman that was there. And she was part of the grid, sorry, Legends in Australia. But then that league collapsed. So she moved back to the States. So she didn't want to go back to Legends. So she decided to do gridiron to the top gridiron team here in the in the united states which is from pittsburgh pennsylvania mm. so she was one of their star players so i am uh photographing her so i just thought that was so 
first of all, it was cool because I met her in Australia. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I just keep in touch with people. I I, I like to. I really do care and 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 see what people are doing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I feel like if you allow me to photograph you, I'm pretty much will probably be a part of your life for a really long time. <laughs> That's right. It's a long-term yeah, it's commitment. A, it's a long-term relationship here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then the um, the wrestling, was that in Mexico? That was in Mexico. It's called, I forgot, Luchadores. Yes. Luchadoras. Yes. Yes. I, so I had a, uh, a former student and then a TA who lives in Mexico. And I, you know, was always talking to her about, oh, I'd like to do that, I'd like to do that. And then the opportunity came. I was like, I'm going to come and visit you. And this is what we're doing. So she was my, she was awesome. So she was my contact there in, in Mexico. And, and she really kind of set things up for me. And then I got there. And, you know, what, what enabled me to photograph there? Well, first... You know, everyone wants money. So they're like, how much are you going to pay us? I was like, uh, nothing. <laughs> um, I was like, look, I'm not getting paid, right? right? So I was like, look, if I was getting paid, I'd be totally, uh, listen, I get it. But I was like, I'm actually spending a lot of money to come here. So, you know, I was like, look, I'll give photos, you know, whatever. But I just, unfortunately, I don't have the budget. So I went down there and I photographed uh, women uh, wrestlers for about a week. And I would love to have stayed there longer, but unfortunately, you just really can't can't do that. And um, and some of the women, um, it's huge actually in Japan. So that's my next place is Japan. Oh, yeah, wow. it's huge in, in the Japan. same style with the same costumes. Style. Yeah. And the so masks so people and... from Mexico go to Japan oh. to teach people. You know, it's like huge. And then you know they also come here to to the states and teach the technique like moves i know they go to over to gleason's gym in brooklyn yeah and they you know teach them the the moves of of what they do but again it's a little bit depressing because when do the women go on they go on at four o'clock in the afternoon Uh, and when do the big people start is at eight o'clock but what i did see which was really cool was also young girls going so you would i would look and there would be a bunch of young girls in the in the audience and again maybe 40 people in an arena that could sit like 500 people. Mm-hmm. So you're still wishing that they would be the, you know, leading and you're still wishing that there was, you know, more, you know, men there and young boys there. But look, I guess you have to start yeah. somewhere, right? You know, similar to the, the football stories, right? The, the gridiron versus the um, legends. WWE is, is undergoing a transition right now mm-hmm. with women wrestling is becoming very popular. In fact, my son, my son likes WWE. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I think I don't think I've, I seriously watched it, uh, uh, you know, since uh, uh, maybe Hulk Hogan was around. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. that's when I watched it. <laughs> right, too. right. But um, and I, I watched Andre the Giant, I think, when I lived in Florida. You know? Well, what was the pr- he was in the Princess Bride, you know? Yes, I know. Yes, I'm yes. One of my all time favorites. But uh, but he he admires a lot of the women wrestlers, which I think is great because, you know, they do have that, you know, they do wear some skimp tight outfits, I guess yeah. you could say. Right. They do understand sex appeal yeah. as well. But he's not in a stage where that's why he's watching. Yeah, it, yeah. Right. He's he really likes watching the women wrestle. And I think that's fantastic. So there is. There is something happening, right? There is, a, there are some. Well, I think that women move, have some movement. Yeah, they have a little bit more finesse. I mean, nothing against guys, mm-hmm. right? But I think that women, certain sports, they have a little bit more finesse. Well, it's to funny it, you say that, yeah. and that's nice to watch. Mm-hmm. Because we, um, my wife and I, were season ticket holders to the New York Liberty for a long time, oh, yeah. and I much preferred watching that basketball, yeah. to men's pro basketball, yeah. and. You know, my son is doing lacrosse now, and and I haven't seen a lot of it, but all, his coaches are constantly talking about the way women play yep. lacrosse. That that there is you know much better technique because there are limits on how much physical contact they can have in women's lacrosse, and they say they actually learn to play better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, my my husband also uh, plays roller derby too, and mm. I always say to him that I actually like watching the women better because you know it's a little bit too sloppy <laughs> but even with men's basketball you know i feel like it becomes an individual sport and a very right? acrobatic yeah, very kind acro- of sport where yeah. women it's there's something really nice about it's, it looks like a team sport it, right right um and then uh you have a, a few other stories a series of work uh, lifeguards and beach clubs and uh-huh. naturalists yes <laughs> naturalists. well so so the naturalist is a little bit different than the rest of the world it is it's also shot very differently yeah so so you know, I always go through this like period where like for that work, I was just so sick. So I started photography doing black and white, mm-hmm. right, film. And I just loved the artistic 
feeling of being a part of what you're creating, that, the right? The whole physical process, the physical right? Process. Yeah, absolutely. So I was really craving that, right? I was really craving getting messy and, and doing the work. But yeah, I didn't want to venture away from what I was interested in. So Penumbra is an amazing foundation. Yeah, we had Jeffrey Berliner on oh the show. God, I yeah. love Jeffrey. He is so yeah, great. Okay, so great. so I reached out to them and I took a course and she is the most amazing instructor. Her name's Lisa and she actually teaches wet plate here as well. Oh, do you know her last name? L- Elrich, I think. I, I'm okay. probably pronouncing it wrong. Okay. okay? But she just <laughs> did a book, just came out about the Everglades, mm. um, all wet plate. She is probably one of the most amazing instructors I've ever had. And I'm also an instructor, so my standards are pretty high, right? So I was like, oh my God, she's great. <laughs> so she offered a, another course more hands-on. So I got my my basic knowledge down and I knew that I wanted to work on something. And so I, so she, so she offered this course in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. And what made me go is like, there was a nudist colony. So I was like, I am I'm going. So she, her, her place was down the street from the nearest colony. So I decided to stay at the nearest col- colony and she helped me, you know, so she was my uh, tech person, right? So she helped me. While you were photographing. While I was photographing, wow. right? So it was, so it was super great. So it was really awesome. So I said, I was like, look, you could come up, but we're probably going to be naked. And so both my husband and I, so my husband actually assists me a lot when I'm doing jobs. So, so of course, you know, we're all butt ass naked and, um, <laughs> But then I realized that it's actually really dangerous. <laughs> to be naked with chemicals, with chemicals and, yeah. and equipment. So I was like, and okay. Gear. I was yeah. like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to put something on because I don't want chemicals like developer. A, on my at least like a vinyl smock yeah, I mean, of some I kind, right? I had developer like everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> because I also had to create my own dark box, which I created out of like cardboard. I mean, I was like, you know, MacGyver up there. <laughs> a, a nude MacGyver. Yeah, I was a nude MacGyver. <laughs> So, so I really liked because it, it wasn't again. It was another sense of community, and you know, people people live up there year round, and they're just nude all the time, and that's so kind of cool. I was like, that's so freeing. I wish you imagine New York City. I'm just gonna be nude just all the time, and <laughs> yeah. go to work nude. And just, <laughs> and, you know, it was really liberating. But I thought it was the really subway, and yeah, and then sitting down on yeah, the, yeah no, never mind. I take it back. Take it back. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> Uh, nobody wants to come to your cubicle. Yeah, people are like, uh, <laughs> did she sit on that chair? That's right. Well, you know, actually, when you go to to these places, because then I, you know, then I mm-hmm. decided to. I was like, I love nudists. This is, or naturalists, I should say. So yeah. certain people, you know, depends on who you're talking to. Some people say naturalists, some people say nudists. I'll just say naturalists. You know, they have they have um, etiquette. So you go somewhere, you always have to bring a towel. Oh yeah, right, like a gym. Down. Yeah, like yeah. gym. So the great. So this is the the greatest thing was that we. So there's a bar. So at this place, there's a bar, right? So you go to the bar and again, everyone is like nude and then they had pool and it was just really weird <laughs> playing pool. <laughs> everyone is nude. I mean, it was, it was really funny. And then, um, it would take a while to get used to, it get uh, a while. and then yes. the, the end of the, of the whole experience, they had a barn dance in the barn. And again, everyone's nude and you, but everyone's nude, but they're wearing like white shoes and white socks. <laughs> And then you go in and it's, I, I remember walking in and there was a song called Good Vibrations, you know, Marky Mark. And everyone's just like dancing and nude with white socks. I was like, oh my God, this, I feel like I'm in a, a movie. Like, where <laughs> am I? But it was great. I loved it. That was the minimal dance attire. Yeah, you needed yeah. shoes. Yeah, it was great. It was so great. That's funny. Um, but why the, why did you think the naturalist and the wet collodion process, how did that become a good pairing for you? Well, so... What I really, what I liked about both of them together was that the, you know, it was a really, the process itself is really raw. The process itself is not perfect. Uh, The process, you know, matched also, I thought, who I was photographing, right? So the body's not perfect, right? And I liked, I liked the rawness of the body. I liked just people's um, openness with their body. And so merging those two elements together, you know, I just thought it really, it fit really well. Because I didn't want it to be perfect. I, I wanted imperfection. One of the reasons why I really liked Lisa's work, and, you know, I also do a lot of research before I take courses or, you know, I liked the rawness of how she did wet plate, right? There's certain people who do wet plate who's, it's about perfection, and that's great. It's about perfection. Like, Jeff, his stuff is about Jeff perfection. Looked, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything and his plates are 
right. perfect, right? But, but just like you're saying, yeah, there are people who do tin types where they want you to see the edges. Yeah. They want you to see the. I wanted to yeah. see the. I wanted people to experience the imperfections across the board. I wasn't looking for you know perfect mm-hmm. quote unquote bodies. Like what is a perfect body? I don't know. It's what media tells us is a perfect body, right? So I those two I I thought just really gelled yeah. together. You know we haven't we haven't really described. I don't like to spend a lot of time describing work yeah. by talking. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. Can, people can easily see your work at andriana.com and um, buy the book. But yeah. um, <laughs> also, but but you do, you you are very interested in the body, you, yes. um, regardless of what you're photographing and and the messiness of it yes. and the scars and the bruises. And, exactly. and it comes through, especially in the, um, the roller derby work. Uh, I think you even, you have like, uh, it's like close-up bruise shots, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Is that also, you know, the the kind of just messiness of life? Just you know, stop uh, stop trying to be perfect. Stop, you know, the whole idea of um, you know trying to to show just the 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 great humanity or just the, the humanness, right? The uh, regardless of who we are, what we're doing, what where we are, and what stage of life, and all those things. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would say that. I mean, it's interesting that you drew the connection between. Uh, the book scars and stripes you know the the roller derby and the wet plate because i actually never drew that connection i'm like oh yeah you're right yeah there's a connection there um it's all you yeah um (laughs) but you know sometimes it's nice to have people bring other elements and you're like okay yeah i could see that you know sometimes you're just so focused in what you see sure but you know here i think this is what what kind of opened my eyes to the idea of the body um so I was in this, uh, there's a book called 25 Under 25 Up and Coming right. American Photographers, right? So that work that was in that book, I would go out to St. Louis uh, area. My aunt lived out there and she she told me she was doing this thing. She's like, oh, you know, a bunch of women from my neighborhood, they go out, it's called Wild Woman Weekend. I'm like, what? I was like, I gotta do that. So like a, I Like a Burning Man kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's like a Burning Man for like women. So I, I went out there for three years in a row and one thing that I learned I guess this is my first experience with a bunch of women just getting together and just being women and just thinking this was the coolest thing ever. And there were so many different body types and they were just drinking beer and hanging out and just, you know, they just let it all hang out. They didn't care. They just like, this is who we are. Like, if you don't like it, you know, F you, we don't care. Right. And I was just thought that was the coolest thing because look, I grew up in like freaking Hamptonsville, right. <laughs> and California and everything is about body image yeah, and, and body image and your status and wealth and just how your appearance like all the time. And, you know, you kind of get that, you know, ingrained in you and, and for you to, for me going to the middle of the country and just seeing women just being women, I just thought was awesome. And, and that's when I discovered, and you know, when I looked at that work, I was actually looking at the work recently because I was doing some archiving, you know, I was photographing feet and butts and fat rolls and cleavage. And just because I was like, wow, you're just letting it literally all hang out. And that is, is just empowering for me. And I think that's really where that started from. Mm. Is, is that body of work. Yeah, yeah. And and you were uh, you were in high school on Long Island, right? And Well, at that time, uh-huh. I just graduated from SVA. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the, I mean I meant like oh. as part of your experience, your life oh, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, Look, you know, I grew up in the shadows of like wealthy and celebrity and right. like, that's all you see and you know, you have to cater to these people, right? And you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> you know, it's just you know, and for me that wasn't my reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Like my reality was like the fisherman, the landscaper, you know, the server, uh, you know, the person who took care of, you know, the yeah. estates. And so it was a very glass ceiling feel and it still is that way. But, it's, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was just not reality. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, so another uh, subculture you seem to have stumbled upon was the uh, the beach clubs. Mm. Right. And, those you know, those pictures look like they could be any uh, in a tropical island somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. what so what I liked about that project, well, you know, uh, is that I think it really merged you know, I grew up right in the Hamptons, right? The mm-hmm. beach is part of my my, my upbringing, right? right? And also, there's a strong sense of community within that place, too. So it just kind of merged these two things that I love together. And I felt like I really... Those those images, to me, feel like they're Mary, Popping, Mary Poppins, like, chalk drawings, where you hmm. just, like, jump into them. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it, it that place really took me away. I, I felt like I was really a part of like a different world and a different. And, and you different don't world. identify where it is exactly, right? Uh, no, I don't really t- because you know I if I don't really identify it 
because, um, well, <laughs> there's another story about that, <laughs> but um, it actually ended up becoming identified um, oh. through 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 the New York Times because oh, okay. they, they am send they am sending a photographer there while I was there. Uh, oh, to do a story about to, you doing no, the no, 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 oh, no. Well, oh. well, anyway, so I'll okay. just keep that to okay, myself. Okay. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so they so but this is for the newspaper part. Mm-hmm. So that that was actually really interesting uh, <laughs> experience on on a photographic level when you've worked on for something for two years and then all of a sudden another publication is coming in uh-huh. to that spot you you know anger is something that uh was kind of bubbling in my soul uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know hey look you know what it's life right you yep. can't you can't you can't you can't be like mine 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 you can't be like uh no, there's a, finding nemo right you can't I, be like mine 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 you can't be the seagull and finding i've been nemo. photographing the passaic river now for a few years yeah and a michael dalton just came out with a book on the whole Patterson Falls, which is part of the Passaic River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, look, you know what? It's life, right? So, yes. um, but, um, you, you know, the difference is, is like, you know, I still am a part of that beach club and mm-hmm. people know who I am. And, you know, I respect them. They respect me. And, you know, uh, you know, I have a kid now. So, like, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of what I just you know, photographed. Yeah. Right. This sense of community. And, yeah. And, 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 and I, there's room. There's yeah, room, there's there's room. There's room for yeah, everyone. There's room for there's, everyone. Right. There's, there's room, room for, for several Michael look, Daltons. My, 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 the way that I see things yeah. is completely different than the way other people see things. Exactly. And you could tell the difference between my work and someone else's work. So thank God for that. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, you know, that's, that's the way that, that, yeah. that, that goes. So how old is uh, how old's your kid? So I have a son and he is going to be 6 months on March 28th. Wow. So yeah. recent congratulations. Very recent. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yes, so then how of course how have things changed? How the idea of time has completely yes. changed for me, right? <laughs> yes. So the idea of like I can get this done <laughs> in a day means I can get it done in 7 days. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um so so that's a little bit of a challenge, but he's super awesome and he travels wherever we go. In fact, he was on a shoot with me in Florida. So, so far he's kind of like, you know, he just is like, okay, mom, all right, but maybe that will change and, right. um, you know, that's fine. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> great. It's, it's great. And, and my husband uh, is a, a literary agent and so he works from home. Oh, nice. So it's, it's a good, balance yep, that works and doesn't work at the same time exactly well so so we so yeah. it's hard because we're home working yeah but it's just really how much work are we doing you if can't. i compare it to from last year not that much it's not that i, yeah. I don't want to you just can't now right? once you have a kid the home office uh, boundaries all go away i'll go away exactly that's right. i'll go away i'll go away <laughs> yeah that's, that's 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 that goes with the territory yeah yeah absolutely so did did we miss anything i don't what are you so. working on? Oh, okay. Anything that you want to announce? Well, so here's the thing. I can't... I'm working on something super awesome. Okay. I just can't talk about it yet uh-huh. because um, I'm it, working, hopefully... Well, we're in the works with a writer. Oh, wow. So, but it still is in the same genre of how I work and what I'm interested in. I'm just waiting for a green light. And you still do commercial work? Uh, well, so here's the thing with commercial work. It's changed a little bit where I actually shoot and then I pitch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So nice. so that's the direction that I am going. And not that I don't mm-hmm. want to do commercial work. Yeah. I love commercial well, work. I, I like wink, to wink, be wink. paid too. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I, and I love going on assignments because it's, uh, you know, I love I love seeing new things and, yeah. and meeting people that I wouldn't normally meet if I didn't have a camera. But I really like, you know, I really like working on, on what I see and then, and then bring it out there. But, you know, I'm with Redux, so I give my stuff over to them for syndication. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, I just photographed, you you know, the the, the national walkout. So I'm always doing current events. If I can't, it's hard. I mean, right with a little one. There's only so much I can I can do. But if it's if it's around, I could I could I could do it. Yeah, I I remember, I think, let's see, it would have been my son who's now 10. I used to carry him in the baby Bjorn. 
and almost put the camera on top of his head yeah, while yep. photographing. Yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> yes, we have we have the uh, I think it's called the Ergo Baby though. Uh-huh. But whatever, but the, that, whatever it is, whatever right? it is, do the same thing. Yeah, do the same thing. <laughs> nice. This this thing you're working on, you don't want to talk about. Is is it in the kind of the similar genre of subcultures yes. and things like that? Yes, it's okay. just it's not here in the United States. So oh, okay. yeah, so it's overseas. So. Yes, so I'm 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 keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, I, I am also working on um, the uh, ice fishing uh, culture as well. Mm-hmm. So every it's funny, everything I do is seasonal, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that's I'm right. Like, oh wait, that's hold on, right. sports is seasonal. Sports season, right, right, right. You know, um, so so this the, <laughs> that's, a, that's just a nice way to sort of chunk out chunk, the time. Exactly. Yeah. So the 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 cousin of the beach club is in uh, Minneapolis area. Wow, working on that that project. So I just finished that up uh, actually a couple weeks ago. But again, I like I just love the people, and so you know I feel like my projects never end because mm-hmm. I just love the people, and I'm like I'm gonna go back next year, right? You know, right? But I always get something new, so I I think maybe that project will end next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think maybe I want them to continue for a long time because I just love photographing <laughs> it. But I have to put an ed sometime. That's right. You got to call it yeah, at yeah. some point. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, this was great. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.